707 on CJAD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. How's it going, Josh? Good evening, Dan. Great tonight, thanks. And we have a couple of very interesting guests. Uh, welcome to the program, Ken Elman and Len Greenfeld of Symbolic Technologies. Uh, Ken, Len, welcome. Howdy. Thank you very much. You know, Dan, tonight, the story, we always say, you know, here, should friends go into business together? And we hear some horror stories along the way. Well, these two friends got into business together about 10 years ago, but have been friends for 30 plus years. And, uh, and it's really a great story. It's a lot, of, a lot of learning along the way, but very interesting. So we're going to turn it right over to uh, Ken and Len uh, and, uh, and ask you guys, Symbolic Technologies, what does your company do today? Well, really, Symbolic Technologies is a web application development company, and that's similar to a web marketing company, but we specialize in the technology of web rather than the marketing and the design of web. We really tend to do a lot of business-to-business -business type applications. We also do business-to-consumer, but the real difference with business-to-business -business is as opposed to a consumer who simply purchases something, gets added to a cart, they check out, uh, they pay with a credit card, in a business-to-business -business situation, you have to take into consideration the business rules, the uh, customer-specific prices, the special, uh, special rules that apply in any order desk situation. So the idea is that we take a company's internal order desk functions and bring them out to the web. Not to mention that we spend a lot of time integrating with in-house systems. Companies have their accounting systems, they have their work systems of various different types. And uh, one of our specialties is being able to take that data, bring it to the web, and, um, hi. <laughs> and uh, condition it so that it's available for many, many different uses. One is the web, another one is uh, interaction with other companies. So they can trade with their partners directly electronically through the internet but not necessarily using a web page. Sounds like there's been a lot of thought process that's gone into this but let's step back uh, 10 years plus. How did you guys get into this? What a little bit of your uh, briefly about your backgrounds and how you hooked up. Well I originally started as an uh, IT professional working within companies as kind of a call it a PC evangelist. I would bring PCs into companies where or in the company that I worked uh, bring it into uh, to the management uh, personnel, allow them to use all of the cool technologies, the spreadsheets, the word processing, all of that, above and beyond uh, the paper systems that they had uh, developed over the years. Uh, at a point in time, I uh, suppose that uh, I got uh, chafed by uh, working for people, I suppose is the best way of putting it. I just, I, I wasn't a terribly good employee. I, uh, I was always... Uh, at odds with having bosses and um, I suppose I was also very intrigued by the whole internet web development uh, world and so in about 94 95 I struck off on my own created a company called TangoNet and uh, started off by building websites I taught myself I was entirely self-taught although I had lots of uh, technology background uh, this whole new world of HTML and ASP, at the, which didn't really exist, but became uh, an important technology to me and databasing and all of this stuff, I, I, I learned because I needed to and I brought it out and I had a modicum of success, I suppose, working out of my basement, which was uh, interesting. In fact, uh, I still miss the days of working in my shorts in my basement <laughs> if, I, if I decided to wear shorts. On the good it's days. radio, you can wear what you like. <laughs> right. 
Um, at a, uh, I, I then uh, got involved in a, a .NET startup that, uh, that didn't really work for, for various reasons because it was uh, very close to the bust. And uh, at that point, I had hired Lenny to help me with some uh, technology, and I'd known Lenny since practically kindergarten. Um, he helped out. At the end of this process, I said, hey, Len, why don't, we, uh, why don't we do something together? Why don't we start a company, work on some of the technology that we've been developing, some of the skills that I've developed, that you've developed over the years, uh, his business skills, and uh, Symbolic was born. Lenny, I believe you have quite a different background than, than Ken did. Yeah, I actually uh, started as a CA and was in practice for quite a few years. And uh, around the same time that uh, Ken decided that he didn't like working for the bosses that he had, in my case, it was just a question that I had decided that I wanted to get out of the professional practice and move towards software development and uh, develop my own applications. And uh, that's really how we got together as symbolic as I was developing applications and, uh, and Ken had that project that he needed some help on. And before you knew it, we were working together. Now, you, you describe what the company does today, and it's very elaborate in what it does and, and what it can achieve. Was that the vision from the get-go? Like, how did you guys get together and decide, this is the direction we want? It's, it's early enough in the, in the internet game, in the software game. Uh, you're talking, I guess, late 90s or early, about 2000. So where, where, you know, how did you come up and develop these ideas? Well, from my perspective, uh, and particularly when I was in practice, it was always really clear to me that there were a lot of programmers out there who knew how to put two pieces of code together, but they didn't really know how to solve business problems. And with Ken's background in, uh, it really, in business as, as an operations uh, person and uh, an IT person, plus my background as, uh, as a consultant in CA, really solving the business problems was the the most important aspect the technology almost became uh, a second issue now it it for a technology company it's critical in terms of the decisions you make and we've made very specific decisions all along the way but always with the eye towards how do we build something that is a business platform and not just a web platform and not just a uh, solution for uh, the, the general public. Well, so it was, uh, it was important, I guess, to our clients that we would walk in being able to speak the same language. We started off with clients that we understood well, distribution style businesses, uh, manufacturers, local manufacturers and distribution. And we both had a lot of experience, me from the inside and how they worked and the paper flow and the business flow and all of that, and Lenny from the outside as being the consultant who would come in and try to tell them what they were doing wrong. So uh, taking that, talking the language of our clients and being able to extend that out to a technology that at that time was very new and uh, you know, with my evangelical background in, in technology, I suppose it was uh, it was a natural thing for us to do, and it, it, it served us well. Two friends that have been together only about 10 years in business, known each other for 40 years. Sounds like they're pretty much in sync, but I'm looking forward to hearing if they really do get along day-to-day in their business. Ken Elman, Len Greenfield from uh, Symbolic T- Technologies. Uh, more with them in just a moment on today's Entrepreneur. It's uh, 7.15 right now on CJD. Let's head over to the CJD. 
Today's Entrepreneur continues a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Floor Landau's Josh Miller, and of course CJD News will continue to monitor the situation in Japan and give you updates all evening long. Our guest on today's Entrepreneur this evening, Ken Elman and Len Greenfield from Symbolic Technologies. And uh, gentlemen, you guys are good friends. Your, your names even sound alike. Uh, but do you get along? Uh, this well at the office, and do you um, do you ever overlap in your duties, or do you, do you have a, a sort of defined roles, and do you separate your roles? Well, we have pretty defined roles. Uh, however, as far as getting along, um, n no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get along. We get along fine. Part of the uh, the concept is that we're constantly at opposition. So, uh, and this is where we've been called an old married couple frequently. Because one of us will come up with an idea, and immediately the other the other position is opposite. In fact, to such a degree uh, that uh, that we refer to Lenny around the office as uh, Doctor Doom, because if anybody has an idea and they want to find out how it won't work, <laughs> what they need to do is bring it to Len. And basically, if you survive that crushing blow to your ego and still want to go forward with it, well, you know, good luck because. Uh, You've, you've weathered the test. Well, so, so, Lenny, does that make you the analytical one? <laughs> I suppose it does. It's, well, there are really uh, two sides to it. On the technology side, uh, Ken is always pushing to do the latest, coolest thing. Uh, let's improve a, a particular process, do something new, use a new tool. And my perspective on that is always, well, why can't we use what we already have? Do we really have to invest this, uh, this much money on doing something new just because it's cool? On the other side, there's the marketing and client service perspective where I'm always advocating for clients and Ken is always taking the perspective of symbolic. So I'll come in and push hard to deliver as much as we possibly can value-wise for a particular client, and then Ken will remind me that, well, we need to make a profit on this, and perhaps what I'm offering the client is outside of uh, what would realistically be the budget of the client, and uh, w the whole idea is to have this banter back and forth and come to a conclusion. So it's really, is, is it really just talking it out? Do you guys have to prove your cases uh, and use whatever presentations or skills, or are you really just kind of bantered out, as you say? Well, we talk it through. No, no, no fisticuffs or anything. Uh, not frequently. <laughs> Although it's it's uh, you know if we're if we're yelling if there's a lot of yelling around the office between Lenny and I that we're moving forward in some fashion. <laughs> it, really, the the most important thing is that we do know that there isn't any real malice in in any of the arguments that we might have. We really do know that we have the company's best interest in mind, no matter what the subject is, and that if we have different uh, opinions on something, it's really just a question of getting to the best solution for symbolic, the best solution for the client, all at the same time. And uh, we're allowed to disagree with each other and, you know, push through. And every once in a while, we have to pull some of the staff in to mediate. Today's Entrepreneur continues on CJAD at 7.23. I'm Joel Matlin, president of a... 7.26 on CJAD. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guests this evening, web gurus Ken Elman and Len Greenfield of Symbolic Technologies. And uh, gentlemen, you're, you're in a business that, uh, that relies heavily on communication. How do you communicate with each other and in the business? And uh, are you guys good at that? Well, occasionally we'll send an email back and forth. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of uh, a lot of telephone communication, a lot of face-to-face -face whenever possible. Uh, we learned through um, 
over the years through consultation with people that we need to do one thing, and that's have a, a small, short conversation every morning on our way into work, uh, first thing before we leave, whatever, discuss, uh, discuss what's going to happen during the day, discuss what happened yesterday, um, uh, you know, just go off topic as I normally will, and uh, just talk. Is that about all aspects of the business, and do you include that throughout your entire team, or is it just the two of you? It starts with us. It starts with us having this, this small conversation. It's really kind of a kickoff to the day. Uh, we have struggled historically to, to communicate throughout the company, and this is where uh, this, is, this has been the big thing that I've learned, I suppose, over the past few years, is uh, I, I mentioned that, that my job uh, as president of the company turns out to be not the face that the people see, but more of a, a cheerleader inside the company uh, where, uh, you know, I, I keep spirits up, I keep people talking, I keep communication flowing, I have to prod people a lot. I, it's, my job is basically a professional bug. Uh, I need to learn exactly what's going on throughout the company, and uh, my, my process is to basically talk to everybody, call them, talk to them, force them to talk to their clients, force them to talk to each other, because people generally, when in, in our business, generally will sit at their keyboard and just do the work, and you can lose days and weeks just just doing that. And so people need to be reminded to pick up the phone, call the client, keep them in, in the loop to, to talk to each other, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Lenny, is this something that you kind of learned along the way, or did you? was this innate in you? No, actually not at all. Uh, in fact, one of the biggest challenges that we've had as being friends for so long is we really know what each other are thinking all the time. And sometimes we don't, or certainly in the past, we have been not communicating simply because we thought that we knew what the other one was thinking. And that has been one of our, uh, our biggest challenges, is actually sitting down to talk about things that we wouldn't normally uh, have to, as, as we've said before, as an old married couple. Is there times where, I mean, you've, you've learned that lesson probably maybe the hard way along the way, but do you find that your people in your firm, in your company, now understand and do the same thing as you? It's, uh, it's a constant effort to make sure that communication is flowing both between us, but, well, I, more than both between us uh, as partners, between ourselves and our staff, between us and our clients, between our staff and our clients, what we've really found is the key to success in our business is keeping the communication channels open completely across the business, on the, especially on the client service side, but uh, definitely as well on the production side. Today's Entrepreneur continues in a moment with our web gurus, our guests this evening, Ken Elman and Len Greenfield of Symbolic Technologies. Uh, we'll take a quick break for news and then more uh, with Ken and Len in a moment at 7.30 on CJAD. Let's get the latest from Japan right now. Here's Kelly LaPerry from the CJAD Newsroom. Today's Entrepreneur continues, Dan Delmar and Josh Miller from Fuller Landau. Our guests this evening, web gurus Ken Elman and Len Greenfield of Symbolic Technologies. And a bit later in the show, we're going to talk to Michelin Mayette, uh, who's in HR at Fuller Landau, about, uh, about employee issues. So I'll put the question to you, gentlemen. Um, in, a, in a very specialized industry like, like IT, how important is it for you to find the right people? And how do you go about finding the right people? It's, uh, it's really a big challenge for us. There's a lot of people out there, but finding good people is 
is very difficult. In our case, because of the level of technology of our types of solutions and what our clients really require, we tend to hire only senior people. And finding senior people also is very, very difficult. It's much simpler to uh, recruit out of school. Uh, so it, it it's a big challenge. And one of the things that we do in order to try to uh, deal with that is we put a huge focus on retention. We try to make sure that when we bring somebody in that they're an employee for life. And we do this um, by maintaining a philosophy within the company of uh, you know, lighthearted philosophy of fun and what, uh, not the kind of, uh, what, you know, what you would normally see in a movie with the foosball tables and all that, but just <laughs> a good friendly atmosphere where we're all uh, relaxed and we can all discuss practically anything. And this, this uh, was something we learned over the years uh, from consultants primarily that part of the interview process is it's very important to see how a person fits in, fits in with the, with the other people on your team, with yourself. Do they do you get along with them when you're originally uh, when you're having the original interview and uh it's it's pretty interesting because uh the you'll go through a completely different interview process uh between Lenny and I Lenny'll be uh, all about you know your skills and all this stuff and I'll be asking you about you know how do you get along with people what if somebody comes up to you a list of uh, questions that we've learned over the years prove uh to at least alert the individual that we're um that we're interviewing that there's a certain uh, behavior that we kind of expect from them and we find that when we find a person who who uh, who fits this they usually stay with us for quite a while I imagine I mean there there must be a serious learning curve if you guys are trying to create unique product unique softwares and you want this high level there there certainly takes time to train these people so I would imagine it's in your best interest uh, as an entrepreneur and a business owner to make sure that they stay as long as possible because the cost of retraining, I presume, is quite large. Oh, absolutely. If you uh, think on average for us, it's really a four to six month wrap up, ramp up period after we hire someone before they're able to really fluently understand our technology and how we deliver it to clients. And uh, if you think about hiring somebody senior in the software industry and what that salary might be, and uh, taking half of that, you're looking at a huge investment for each individual employee. So yes, once they're with us, if, uh, if the relationship is working out, we really do want to keep them. And one of the things that we do from the very beginning is we tell our employees, it's not so much about the formal annual review. In fact, we rarely have formal annual reviews. Instead, we have a constant flow of information, of feedback, from us directly to our staff, among the staff. Also, if a client makes a comment, positive or negative, that also gets relayed back to the staff. We want them to know if we're happy with them, and we want to know if they're happy with us all the time. We try to really put that uh, emphasis on having them be comfortable where they are and not doubting whether, whether they're going to have a job tomorrow. Well, that plus we've... Uh pretty much listed them all as convicted felons on their... Uh, <laughs> Hard so, for them to leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so we're talking about one of your biggest expense lines, but also, of course, one of your biggest assets uh, that you, you know, listen, you're looking for a return on your investment, so you need to spend that money. Now, what about other ways to kind of reduce the impact? You guys uh, get involved in research and development tax credits with the government? Yes, we do. And actually, it's a very big focus of uh, on the administrative level of what we do. 
The uh, government is very generous with respect to R&D tax credits, and fortunately in our line of business, a lot of what we do, I won't say everything, but certainly a lot of uh, our efforts are able to be classed as research and development for tax purposes. And those credits have been uh, a great savior for us uh, when cash flow in our industry is always up and down because of the nature of, of project work, where uh, you know sometimes you have very large payments and then you'll go for a long period during a project without a payment. There's no question R&D tax credits are a huge, huge benefit for us. Is it a learned skill? I mean, I understand that you have to write these reports. They have to be uh, functional. They have to have government auditors go through them. Is it is it a skill that you've been able to pick up and learn? Like, what, what have you learned specifically about writing these reports and getting the most out of our tax credit system? It is a learned skill, and uh, there's nothing like reading the documentation from the government if you ever really need to be able to go to sleep insomnia yes yeah, it's uh that's always very interesting but you have to read their guidance and they spell out for you what you know what really defines an r d project and what doesn't and you have to look for those aspects in what it is that you're doing and be able to create that uh, relationship between your projects and r d now, you, you mentioned that uh, it certainly helps with cash flow. So I presume over the years, as you're developing product and, and trying to get customers on board, you've had your, 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 I guess, years where you've had to deal with banks and some financial institutions. Have you had good experience with them or, or lessons that you've learned along the way? Well, um, yes. I suppose <laughs> the number one lesson we've learned is uh, cash flow is a real pain in the butt especially in our business. But as you mentioned, a, a strong relationship with your bank and your banker is very, very important. If for no other reason, if they can't help you, talking to them sometimes helps you help yourself. It gives you uh, ideas. And our, our, uh, our, our account manager was quite helpful in pointing us in the direction of uh, some other consultants to speak with in uh, times where we had, uh, call it personnel problems or cash flow issues or or even um, so sometimes if you need, if we needed direction, uh, we needed an idea on how to market something or how to, she just had a lot of really interesting ideas of people to talk to. And so that was very helpful. Now, as, uh, as far as the, the banking side of it went, well, they weren't that helpful. I mean, uh, Lenny has a saying that uh, banks are uh, most helpful when you don't need them. And uh, that's, that's really true. Uh, but I think part of it was it helped us to to uh, get stronger and learn how to run our business uh, properly, or at least better, as far as that goes, uh, by being forced uh, through some tough times and having someone to talk to through it. So is there anything that, uh, you know, a lot of the qu question that I like to ask often is, what keeps you up night with your business? You know, wh what's the one thing that you, you really wish you could have a better handle on or change? Uh, what would that be? Well, it's cash flow. Cash flow for me is uh, I'm I'm not my background is not money I I don't deal with it easily, and um, I had to uh, become more comfortable dealing with the finances of the company. I had to learn where the money was coming from, where it was going, and it seems silly that I didn't know that. But uh, my background was technology and and creativity and innovation, and. I had to learn this, and the period uh, that I took to learn it uh, was 
for months I couldn't sleep. I was nervous all the time. It was it was a nightmare. And Lenny, you have a bit of a financial background. So other than Kenny keeping you up at night occasionally, <laughs> is there any one thing that uh, that kind of keeps you thinking about the business at night? Well, the challenge for me, especially uh, my role, is very much to source new business. And when you're dealing with a project-based business, you know what you're doing this month, you know what you're doing next month and maybe the month after. But at any point in time, we have no idea where our business is coming from four months from now. And it's constantly that way. So when you're trying to do planning, you're always just working on the hypothesis that somehow magically business will materialize four months from now. And that's really the, the biggest challenge for me is uh, every morning it's waking up and saying, okay, I know what I'm doing now, but where's my next client coming from? You know, Dan, as, as I listen to them talk, uh, you know, the one word, and certainly they mentioned earlier, is, is communication. And really, communication touches so many different areas. And if entrepreneurs are tight-lipped or they don't, they don't communicate their thoughts or their ideas, whether it be to their partner, their team, their banker, their lover, whatever it may be, okay, maybe not in this scenario, but that's really the key to having a, a great entrepreneur is communication because all people have an effect on the business. Keeping it inside them just doesn't work. And that to me is uh, what another reason what makes an entrepreneur really great. And I love that Ken and Len can just sit back and laugh and have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, that, that comes across really clear and, and that must make your, your days fly by a lot faster. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's no question. and It's really important in the office. Uh, you know, we do some very stressful work and if we can't have a good time doing it, then there's no way that we're going to live through it. Coming up, we'll speak to uh, Michelle Mayette from Fuller Landau about HR-related issues. So if, you, uh, if you're a business owner yourself and you, uh, you have some concerns about uh, human resources, give us a call at 514-790-0991 or Star Talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility, 740, 749 on CJAD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guest this evening, web gurus Ken Elman and Len Greenfield from Symbolic Technologies, and we bring into the conversation uh, the HR person at Fuller Landau, Micheline Mayette. Welcome back, Micheline. Hi. <laughs> we were talking earlier about training, the importance of training your team, uh, not only just from a knowledge standpoint, but to keep them, keep the turnover low because it really costs a lot to train. Are there any pitfalls or challenges, Micheline, that entrepreneurs should really keep in the front forefront of their mind as they look to their employees? One thing I've seen a lot is when new employees start in a business, often people take for granted that they know certain things that they might not always know. I always say some things are obvious for certain people um, and not for others. So a lot of people take for granted when a new employee starts, they take for granted showing them what their product is. I've seen that happen quite often, uh, explaining the business, explaining who their clients are, just some basic information that really all employees need when they start a new job. Is that, I mean, the, the, the training I sh I'm sure is so over-encompassing because you don't want necessarily the employee to have the question marks, why am I doing this, why not? Um, now, is there... Uh, other, I guess there's also this Bill 90 program that I've heard about in the past. Uh, companies have to spend, or certain size companies have to spend 1% of their training. Can you elaborate a little on that and how entrepreneurial entrepreneurs need to spend time looking at this? 
Yeah, in Quebec, there's a law called Bill 90, which is uh, which obliges companies who have a salary mass in excess of $1 million a year to spend 1% of their salary mass on training. Uh, so this is generally for bigger entrepreneurial companies that have this challenge. Um, one thing a lot of companies don't know is that in order to be able to count all of your internal training that you do, there's certain requirements that you must have in place within the company. Uh, basically, what the government is looking for is for a company to structure their training a little bit better uh, to make sure that it's done properly. So a lot of it is just thinking in advance, how are we going to train our employees? What are we going to do within the next year to make sure that we meet our objectives? What training do we need? So certain things they require is, for example, having a training committee in place. So this committee has to meet at, at least once a year and put in place a plan for the year. So now a lot of companies do this kind of because they have to. So they say, you know, we have to have this training committee, so we'll do it. But really, it's quite beneficial to actually sit down. It's the type of thing we take for granted. We go about our daily routines and don't actually sit down and plan what type of training our company should be doing over the next year. Another thing that could that companies need to do is also plan specifically for different positions. For example, people that are entering the company. I was talking before more about general training for new employees, about the company, about the clients, but also specific to the employee's position. What does that person need to know to be effective in their position as quickly as possible? Now, now this Bill 90 thing from the Quebec government, I presume, can get audited from time to time. I mean, do you, when they come in, are you just supposed to explain what you do or do you have to show them proof of something? What kind of documentation is required? No, you actually do need to be able to pro to provide proof to them. So you have to be able to show the minutes of your committee meetings, the training plans that you've put in place for each year. And if you don't have the required documents, then they could decide not to count your internal training. You know, in documentation, and we've said it many times in a show, documentation is something that entrepreneurials don't always love to do because it takes time and energy away from what they, uh, from what they're usually typically good at. But documentation, we can't, uh, we can't underplay such a thing. Today's Entrepreneur continues in a moment on CJAD at 7.53. Now, latest from Japan. Remaining moments of today's Entrepreneur, Dan Delmar, along with Floor Landau's Josh Miller, our guests Ken uh, Elman and Len Greenfield of Symbolic Technologies, and also in studio from Fuller Landau uh, to deal with HR issues is uh, Micheline Mayette. And Micheline, um, when we talk about HR, the job interview, obviously a crucial part of this, uh, this whole exercise. Uh, perhaps give us a couple of, of quick tips uh, for, for both the, the interviewer and the interviewee. Sure. Um, one thing I've seen a lot is that, uh, first of all, people come unprepared to the interview. So it's a good idea to think about what type of questions you want to ask and try to ask the same questions to all the candidates that you're meeting with. Another important thing is to really ask the candidates questions based on their past behavior. A lot of people tend to ask questions that could be answered by yes or no. Uh, give me on a scale of one to ten. How, how much initiative do you feel you have? Of course, everybody's going to say they're a nine or a ten. Uh, so it's a better example is to ask, you know, give me an example of a time when you took an initiative within the company. Um, give me an example of an accomplishment, that type of thing. You know, Kenny, Kenny before was saying we're trying to find a fit. So, uh, I mean, the questions of, you know, personality type questions, is that okay? Are there any, like, you know, dangers in approaching that? Well, I mean, anything that's covered by um, the Charter of Human Rights, so I mean, anything to do with, you know, are you pregnant? How many kids do you have? Uh, what religion are you? Obviously, those are all uh, kind of off bounds, out of bounds. But, um, you know, anything else you can pretty much ask. There's questions that you'll ask that you'll get. You'll actually find out more about a candidate than something else. 
Um, often these type of questions where you're getting examples of past behavior, uh, while the candidate's answering the question, you actually tend to find out a lot about them and their personality and the way they work. What about the silly questions? Like if you're an animal, what kind of animal? You know, some, some companies actually ask those. Yeah, personally, I find that uh, you get absolutely nothing out of that type of <laughs> question. <laughs> My answer was draft, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Like, it's a good thing it's radio. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michelin. Ken, Len, uh, I guess my, my last question that I pose to you is what advice, what one piece of advice or words of wisdom would you give to today's entrepreneur? Know your business inside out. Know everything about it. Know everything that's going on. Know where it's going, where it came from. Just know it. That's it. And, you know. Stay out of my business. No. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And Lenny? Uh, without question, don't go into business just because you want to make money. Go into business because you have a passion for what it is that you're going to do. Because uh, there's no end to the sacrifices that you need to make as an entrepreneur. So you need to love what you're doing. As, as I listen to Kenny and Lenny and I see them interact together, I can't... I also have to emphasize to the entrepreneur that sometimes it is a pair of entrepreneurs that make the best route, and it's not a single person. And to know each other's limitations and to know how to work well with each other and to know each other's strengths and weaknesses and what they do well, what they don't, really have to feed off of it. And when it doesn't work, that's okay. Let them talk it out. Let them get to know each other. Let them get to know what they're thinking because they can't always read minds because reading minds leads to a lot of grief. So. Partners in business, uh, entrepreneurs that have partners in businesses really have to know that it's about communication and it's about just letting them know what you're thinking. And knowing your business well and communicating it, as Ken said, is part of that sharing of that information. And I think learning from today's two entrepreneurs, that's the one great thing between the two of them that really stands out well. As well as laughter. As well as laughter. You always got to enjoy what you're doing. You know, Lenny says you got to have passion for it, but the reality is you got to have a lot of fun at what you do. That's what makes the days pass. Uh, Ken Elman and Len Greenfield from Symbolic Technologies, thank you both for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you to Michelin Mayette from, uh, from the HR department at Fuller Landau. Thank you, Josh. We'll be back here uh, next Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, you can reach Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit their website, www.flmontreal.com. News is next, and then Delmar at night on CJAD.